what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show i'm your co-host mj smith and i'm your other co-host Corey tyndall and this week we are continuing our series of experiments uh last week there was the before and after show film school which we will be resolving next week yep on uh so just keep in mind with the before and after show film school there'll be a new segment of that on every before episode yeah so uh you have a couple weeks to watch the movie we're watching charlie chaplin in Gold Rush. Yep, and that's available on Hulu. Both versions are actually available on Hulu. Oh, Plus okay. From 1925 and from 1942. If you want the history lesson behind that, go listen to the previous episode. Yeah. And then on the next episode, we'll be discussing our thoughts on it. And uh, I don't know if you've watched it yet, but I watched a chunk of it. No, I haven't yet. Okay. So we'll be talking about it next week anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. But we are also doing um, an experiment we're calling On Assignment. Yes. Where we've been taking movies that the other person hasn't seen, assigning them to that person, and then getting together to talk about uh, what we thought about those movies that were assigned to us. And I think it's been a cool way to see some movies that we wouldn't have necessarily seen. Yes, it's been very fun. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll get into that later in the show. But before we do, have you been watching anything this week, Corey? I have watched a couple things. Okay. Um, we're recording a little bit later than we usually do in the week. So my wife has con- been continuing to watch Downton Abbey. So oh, yeah. I have more peripherally become involved with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said last time, I think it's really well done. And as I've actually sat through a couple more full episodes, I'm like, yeah, this is really well done. It's kind of like kind of a soap opera-ish, but I feel like it handles it better than a soap opera maybe because it's british i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's done really well and then the other thing that i watched besides the movie that we did for on assignment was i watched the movie hello dolly oh wow yeah i've never seen that me neither and my wife is a big aficionado on all things musicals um and so she was like let's watch hello dolly because my only exposure to it was in watching wally because oh, it's yeah. the musical that's referenced a whole bunch in the tape that he sees about, like, people and then about love and stuff. So that's the only thing I knew. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm down with that. You know, it's like they use the music in Wally a lot. Yeah. So we watched it, and it was very fun. It's Barbara Streisand. Um, I just learned that. Okay. <laughs> As you said it. I did not know she was in that movie. Yeah, she's Dolly, and... It's really fun. It's kind of like one of those really like whimsical musicals that you just kind of watch and all the characters are kind of like hyped up versions of just, um, I don't know, like kind of like stereotypes, but it's on purpose. So it's just, it's just really fun. The music is really good in it. Um, it's, it's just really like lighthearted and kind of like absurd. Dolly is kind of this matchmaker character. And so she's trying to she sets everybody up in the town, and then in this 
in this where we come into the story she's setting up some particular characters and it's just kind of like all this absurd stuff of like oh let's all go to the big city because they're all from like a small town and they go there and it's all this kind of like farcical misadventure and like mistaken identity stuff and so it's really fun um i enjoyed it it's just one is this a very like fun happy movie um and like i said the music is really good so is that a is it a disney musical no i don't think so okay I didn't think so either, but its appearance in Wally kind of, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I was I was talking with Hannah about that. I was like, I feel like they could have chosen basically any musical and gotten the same points across. Because in Wally, it's just kind of used to represent mankind, and then they do have like a particular scene that they use that's like representing love. But you could have used any musical. So I just think like the team or the director who worked on Wally really loved Hello Dolly. So they just chose to use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that goes down to the, like the Sondheim theory of like musicals where, mm-hmm. you know, every musical opens with the I want song where it's yeah. just the main character. I mean, Into the Woods literally opens yeah. with a song called I want, I think. <laughs> yeah. And or I wish. I wish. Yeah. yeah. Where it's basically the protagonist laying out what they want to happen in their life and then yeah. that playing out over the rest of the of mm-hmm. the musical like that's the basic formula yeah. of the musical so i feel like all musicals follow that formula so that's probably why it could yeah have been. and that's not to say that like all musicals are bad or formula no 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 it's just that's the usual layout of a musical yeah so so which we'll get to in a in a second yeah but so that's all you watched yeah it was very fun so, nice yeah um what about you yeah we watched instead of the oscars on sunday <laughs> We watched. And that's what I watched in place of the Oscars. Hello, Dolly. Yeah, in place of the Oscars. <laughs> in place of the Oscars, we watched the Blair Witch Project. Oh, okay. <laughs> which was uh, <laughs> expiring on Hulu that night, and we didn't know that. We just. Mm. Um, my wife got sick for the second weekend in a row, mm-hmm. and her two favorite sick day things are watching the movie labyrinth yep (laughs) and watching horror movies yeah well the last weekend we had just watched labyrinth so it was horror movie time Mm -hmm. and she had never seen the blair witch project and i have however my experience with the blair witch project was is is really interesting it's the second horror movie i ever saw yeah and i saw it way too young i saw it the year it came out I oh. saw it in 1999. Oh. <laughs> I was 11 yeah. in 1999, and I was spending the night at my brother and sister-in-law's house, and my sister-in-law loves horror movies. Yeah. I also love horror movies. I think I may have gotten it from her. But she showed us this movie while we were sleeping over. It was me and a few of my cousins, and they, my parents like kept me pretty sheltered as a kid, and so yeah. it was my first exposure to a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The only other movie... Uh, the only other horror movie I had seen at that point was when I was even younger, when I was like six, my sister let me watch Poltergeist. Oh. <laughs> um, now, Poltergeist is like my favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah. So that one paid off, but that movie did give me nightmares when I saw it when I was six. Yeah, that would. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Blair Witch Project was no different. Like, we were kind of make. I remember making fun of it during the whole movie and being like that was lame and then we couldn't sleep after oh <laughs> we were all terrified about the Blair Witch so this is my first time revisiting this movie in mm-hmm. gosh a while 16 years and man that thing holds up you know it was it was the night of the Oscars and yeah. also you had made me watch Saving Mr. Banks yeah and 
one of the things in Saving Mr. Banks is he comes out of his office and you see uh, the special Oscar he got for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah. And the whole time, like, that was in my brain, and it was the night of the Oscars, I was like, I feel like Blair Witch Project deserved a special Oscar, too. Cause, oh. Like, <laughs> that movie is so revolutionary. It's one of those movies that defined 1999, and 1999 mm-hmm. was a massive year for movies. It's when American Beauty came out, which I hate. I hate that movie. <laughs> but it's super well-respected. Fight Club came out, which yeah. I also kind of hate. But that movie was like, when you say the Fight Club ending, there's yeah. a reason why. Yeah. Uh, it's the first episode of the show. Yeah. Go back and listen to the archives if you can find them. Yes, um, so good. And it's the year The Matrix came out. Yeah. Uh, and it's the year that Blair Witch came out. And like all four of those, I think you still see flourishes of mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, you still see movies that are uh, about the... Uh, prison that is suburbia and white people life you see (laughs) movies that have the fight club ending you see found footage movies you see movies that have the bullet time matrixy effects yeah that year had such a huge impact on cinema and i feel like blair witch kind of gets lost in the shuffle there because people write off found footage so much yeah (laughs) a lot of people are tired of it I love found footage movies. We'll talk about this next week, actually. Yeah. But I, I I love found footage movies. And I think this is why. I think it hit me, you know, I saw it when I was 11. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, like, in this really, like, formative time of my media consumption. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I developed this love of found footage movies. Yeah. Because, like, for as scared as we were, there was a thrill that went along with it. So when I saw other found footage movies coming out of the woodwork, I was like, oh, man, that movie... The Blair Witch Project gave me a thrill, therefore I would like this movie. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are really, really tired of the found footage thing. Yeah, I kind of understand that, but also <laughs> it forever holds a special place in my heart. And there are very bad found footage movies. Yes, yeah, so I hear. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, there are very bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tend to see a lot of them because I really, really like that conceit. It's such a cool idea. Yeah. And re-watching that movie, just putting yourself back in 1999... If I was the age I am now, in 1999, if I was a 27-year-old MJ and I had no concept of found footage or the Blair Witch Project, and I traveled back to 1999 and was able to see that movie, I would be like, what is this? (laughs) It would have blown my mind Mm -hmm. had I been one of the first people to see it. Yeah. It still holds up, which I appreciated. Wow. Um, But... It's just, like, really putting it in the context of no one had really seen that before. Yeah. It was a new thing in the movies. And at that point, movies were basically 90 years old. So to find a new thing is really cool. Yeah. And just, like, it it completely turns the format of cinema on its head. And I love that. It Oh, man. Mm -hmm. And, and, And it can be scary on a low budget. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why we see a lot of found footage movies now. Mm hmm I think that's what made Blair Witch work so well. That's one of the things that I think re-watching it and revisiting it, I was like, man, this is still really scary to me. Yeah. Because it brought an 11-year-old <laughs> MJ back out of the woodwork in my brain. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I had to go out and take the trash out and get stuff out of my car. And I really didn't want to oh. watch this movie. Um, but, it, it, man, it, it works. I really, really like the Blair Witch Project. Um I need to see it. I think it's worth seeing. I really do. Um, I don't know. I just think, you know, you have to take the movie in the context, though. You know, yeah. you can't be like, 
oh, well, this is another found footage movie. No, it is the found footage yeah, movie. Yeah, the father of found footage. Yeah, and they kept the cast hidden for a full year. Really? Yeah, they sold it as a documentary. <laughs> so I remember the advertisements for this movie selling it as a documentary. Wow. And they kept the cast from the premiere. They kept uh, the director from the premiere. Everyone was basically under a, like, an, uh, uh, vow of silence for yeah. a full year about the movie so a year later i remember reading in newsweek like um my mom had a client that gave her whole newsweeks and i would always flip immediately to the entertainment section because i'm me yeah and i remember a year after the movie came out flipping like flipping to the entertainment section and it was like the cast of blair witch project where are they now what are they doing and i was like that was a not a documentary. Yeah. Like, I fully bought into it. Like they sold the marketing was so perfect for the movie, and I guarantee you they didn't have that big of a marketing budget. All they had to do was just be like, "Hey, no one say anything about this movie for a full year." And uh, yeah, you know, I think the main girl was in like one other thing, but it was a super small indie movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they were able to like keep that uh, illusion up for a full year. Wow. Now. A year later, they also released Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, which is one of the worst horror sequels of all time. I actually haven't seen it, but (laughs) it was one of those movies that retroactively ruined the first movie for it. So, yeah, it's not a movie that I am going to watch anytime soon because I think Blair Witch Project is super important to the history of horror cinema, at least. So, yeah, we'll watch Blair Witch Project. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that is the most passionate anyone's gotten about the Blair Witch Project on a podcast ever. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. And if, if you've seen the, um, a movie called Willow Creek, I'm amazed. Unless you're one of the two people I watched it with. No. Um, it, it, Willow Creek is a movie directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. And it is Blair Witch Project with Bigfoot. Oh. Instead of the Blair Witch. And, man, I never realized, because it had been so long... Uh, Willow Creek is almost shot for shot, beat for beat, Blair Witch Project, oh. but with Bigfoot. So, <laughs> you, um, you know, my, my wife had seen Willow Creek before she had seen Blair Witch. Blair Witch and yeah. she was like, he ripped this movie off directly. And I was like, oh yeah, no, when he was coming out with it, he was like, I want to make Blair Witch, but with Bigfoot. Yeah. So, like, he knew. It, oh. wasn't, like, a bl- it was a blatant thing, but it yeah. wasn't a... Uh, an unconscious ripping off. It was, or like unconscious or not yeah. unconscious, but um, conscious, blatant yeah. without acknowledging. Yeah, just like here's this movie I made. No, he was like, this is Blair Witch, but with Bigfoot and yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was he was well aware of it. But yeah. also Willow Creek, not as good as Blair Witch. Just go watch Blair Witch. Project. Okay, go watch Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Oh man, I love that movie. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's about the only thing I, I watched this week. While we while we referenced it, I thought we should at least just kind of like touch on it. Uh, Oscars, mm. yes. Let's just let's just talk about um, kind of maybe like highlights for you, or um, I was thinking like maybe like favorite awards that you thought like films that deserved it, or people that you got got snubbed. You know, just oh, sure. let's just, we we can just kind of like brush. Yeah, some. Um, I was real mad at most of the winners, and not because I didn't think they deserved it. Um, I did real bad in my Oscar pool this year. <laughs> I usually do real bad, but I went six for twenty-four. I, I'm probably around <laughs> that same space too. 
Yeah, I did real, real bad. Uh, Mad Max with the six Oscar yeah, wins. Yeah, wow. Wow, I was not expecting that. On all the technical stuff, I had picked uh, Star Wars. Yeah. And nope, I nope. thought for sure Star Wars was going to get sound editing and sound mixing in it. Yeah. Uh, costumes, Mad Max. Yeah. What? Production design, Mad Max. Yeah. I don't even understand. I did pick Mad Max for visual effects, and I think I got that one correct. But yeah, yeah, I that blew my mind. I couldn't believe that. Um, Leo got his Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> How do we feel about that? I I, I, I mixed feelings. In who was nominated, I honestly was kind of pulling for Matt Damon. Oh yeah, I think he deserved it. I feel like The Martian was a really good film. I and... kept going back and forth on Matt Damon and Michael Fassbender. I think if I had to pick right now, it changes every day. But if you were <laughs> if you were to make me answer on the record on the podcast, Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs was one. I mean, it's a killer performance, man. Mm-hmm. Like you need to go see that movie. I think you would love it. I probably would. Um, but I think Fassbender more than earned the Oscar. And I love The Martian. It was yeah. one of my favorite movies of last year. But I think just on a pure performance level, Michael Fassbender, totally. Yeah, and I didn't see The Revenant, so I don't, I can't really compare, like, okay. I mean, the thing with The Revenant <laughs> is, it's fine. But that's <laughs> not what the Oscars, the yeah. Oscar, it's not finest actor. Yes. It's best actor, <laughs> you know? And, and it, it, it also is, you or I could have turned in that performance. Yeah. It was, they made Leonardo DiCaprio cold and miserable, and then everyone was like, he looks so cold and miserable! And that's because he was! Yeah. And I guess he didn't speak for most of the film, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the other thing is I felt like they neutered him because I love the way DiCaprio talks in his movies. Mm -hmm. And two hours of the movie is him walking around by himself or hanging out with a guy who he doesn't speak the same language as. (laughs) So, yeah. And so the the best part of the movie is the last half hour when he does get to talk to other people. Yeah. And it becomes kind of more of a straightforward action movie at the end, which may indicate where where i wanted it to go yeah but you know i do think the last half hour of the movie is some of the most compelling stuff all year yeah i don't know if the two hours leading up to it was worth Worth it it. yeah i do think leo deserves an oscar yeah um i just think he didn't deserve it for this yeah maybe not for this yeah and i think i've really like as much as i love him and as much as i'll see anything with him in it I really only think he's only earned a nomination two times in his life. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Or earned earned an Oscar two times in his life. Yeah. I think he's earned nominations in other years, but not necessarily wins. So yeah. there are certain like things, certain years where he lost, like the year he was in Django Unchained. Yeah. He's great in that movie. He absolutely deserved an Oscar nomination. He wasn't astounding. Like, yeah. He did not deserve <laughs> to win that year. So I'm fine with that. Same thing with Wolf of Wall Street. He's great in that movie. It wasn't the best performance of the year. Mm-hmm. but the aviator yeah holy cow i love that movie. <laughs> um yeah so that's how i how i feel about leo yeah I don't know how you feel about him but... no i i feel like that's very like similar so yeah. supporting actor uh you know i was rooting for stallone Creed mm-hmm. was my yeah. favorite movie of 2015 however mark rylance was phenomenal in bridge of spies Okay, I didn't get to see that one either. If Stallone had to lose to anyone, Mark Rylance is the only person I was okay with him losing to. Yeah. So, uh, like, it was pretty much neck and neck. I think on a technical, like, objective level, Mark Rylance definitely earned it more than Stallone did. But Stallone is super good in Creed. And 
I just like Stallone. Yeah. I think he's super likable. So I was really pulling for him, but I, I knew in my heart that Rylance was going to get it. So yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Supporting actress came out of nowhere, Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. Yeah. I, not... That movie got terrible reviews. Yeah, I did not see that. Yeah. Uh, director went to Alex, uh, Alejandro Inaratu for The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Eh, I kind of hate him like as a person. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Eh. I was excited. Uh, oh, that was that was my phone. Yep. I was excited because uh, Inside Out won Best Animated Picture. Oh yeah, yeah. I lost on that one too. What What were you pulling for? Uh, well, I wasn't pulling. I was pulling for Inside Out. I guess it was one of the only ones that I saw. But I chose Anomalisa. Oh okay. But uh, yeah, didn't. I guess not enough people saw it. It was kind of a smaller release. Yeah, I don't even know what else was on that ballad yeah uh inside out and anomalies are the only two i remember from that maybe good dinosaurs on there but maybe but... i don't see that being a thing yeah <laughs> um, it wasn't good enough yeah uh i i got uh on my oscar pool i got best song by default because i chose writings on the wall from specter because it was the only song i had heard of yeah of the choices i was like i've heard of this one click and i got it right you're like uh, yes which is i i think it's kind of a mediocre song that is uh really good in the context of the movie but i actually kind of hate the song just the audio from what i've heard of some of the bond songs i like some other ones better yeah but yeah but i think with the the images yeah like it, contextually it, yeah, yeah it works really well um best picture came out of nowhere yeah i was like wow i never even heard of that yeah spotlight um it was kind of the i mean i'd heard like yeah i'd heard like i guess kind of like rumblings that it was really good and like you had mentioned it before it's like oh that's a really good movie like after we watched shattered glass oh yeah i haven't seen it yet but i I want to uh, especially now that it's the best picture winner yeah it was the first time because um spotlight only won one other award the whole night at one best, uh, I think, original screenplay. Maybe adapted screenplay, but I think it was original yeah. screenplay. And um, it's the first <clears> time a movie has won best, best Picture with only winning one other award for the first time since 1952. Oh, wow. The Greatest Show on Earth, the the P.T. Barnum story, mm-hmm. uh, won one other Oscar. I don't remember what it was for. And then it won Best Picture. So, yeah, this is <laughs> that was like Oscar history and... Um, yeah yeah uh kind of came out of nowhere i had actually picked the revenant mm-hmm. to win <laughs> best picture really and yeah i i figured what would happen is that because usually best director goes one of two ways either they give best director to the same person who directed best picture mm-hmm. or they give best director to someone else who's like the runner that's like the runner-up for best picture yeah and then they give best picture to uh, another movie. Okay. So I thought that best director was going to go to George Miller for Mad Max. Yeah. Just so it got honored somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Revenant was going to get best picture. And then best director went to Inuyatsu for <laughs> Revenant. Yeah. And then best picture went to Spotlight. And I was like, all right. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that um, Spotlight is an ensemble movie. It's got a, yeah. an ensemble yeah. cast. And in the midst of all this uh, controversy about the racial diversity in the nominees, a lot of people were saying, like, well, maybe Straight Outta Compton didn't get nominated because it was an ensemble piece. And that kind of made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. But the fact that an ensemble piece just won One, Best yeah. Picture, mm, it's like I don't know if that even holds, holds a lot of water yeah, anymore. Yeah. 
So yeah, but what about what about snubs? Things that didn't get nominated. Obviously, you have talked at length about Creed. Oh yeah, give Creed. us give us the summation, the thumbnail. Uh, yeah, just Creed all the way around, man. Uh, that movie's so perfect and so well made. I just Michael B. Jordan was shortchanged. Oh yeah, Ryan Coogler was shortchanged mm-hmm. as writer and director. Um, that's really the only snub I felt like uh, was Creed. Yeah, and a lot of the other movies I didn't see, like Straight Outta Compton or Selma. I heard yeah. Selma was really good. Well, Selma was from 2014, so yeah. that was it was last year's Oscars that oh, there yeah. was a controversy for. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't see Straight Outta Compton. I still haven't seen Straight Outta Compton, so I can't speak to that one. Yeah. Um, I think Love and Mercy got snubbed. The Brian Wilson movie with John Cusack and Paul Dano. Uh, yeah, I think that deserved uh, at the very least cinematography nomination, and I know it's hard to do because it was it's Paul Dano plays nineteen sixties Brian Wilson and John Cusack plays nineteen eighties, and it's they're both the main character. Yeah, but one of those guys needed a nomination for actor because they were both incredible <laughs> in that movie. Mm-hmm. So I think that was another like really overlooked yeah. movie. But so, overall, I was fine with everything. Yeah. So, I mean, there you have it. I, I kind of just followed up what one stuff. Like like I said, I watched Hello, Dolly that night. So. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I was kind of on my phone just watching stuff, too. Uh, we watched Blair Witch, so... And you'd kind of be like, oh, that happened. Yeah. Know, as I'm watching. Oh, yeah. Allison Brie. Or not Allison Brie. Brie Larson. Yeah. Brie Larson winning Best Actress. Didn't see... I, I saw... I did pick that one, I think. For... Um, Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that movie was really good. I heard it was really good too, but it seems kind of intense. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, given the premise. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I really want to see it. It's on Redbox, and I, gosh. That's like... one of those ones where you kind of have to, like, mentally prepare to... Yeah. It's kind of like going into battle. Yeah, man. I it's... know I know. Hannah wouldn't watch it with me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I don't think Kristen would watch it with me either. Um but by all accounts, that uh, Tremblay, mm-hmm. the little kid, is really good in it. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of really funny jokes uh, about that kid. Yeah. That I were I was noticing on Twitter about Trem. I think his name's Jacob. Jacob or Justin Tremblay. I think it's Justin Tremblay. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yeah, it was weird to see that little kid vaping at the Oscars." Oh. <laughs> where like someone was like, "Oh man, Justin Tremblay was too drunk to talk into the mic. Yeah, and the kid's addiction problem is out of control." <laughs> It went from being cute to being a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yep. Uh, but Hamilton didn't perform at the Oscars, so it wasn't as good as the Grammys. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. You're like, you just lost one viewer tonight. Yeah. No. <laughs> I didn't watch the Grammys either. I just frantically searched on my phone until they posted the Hamilton yeah. performance. <laughs> so we recorded a podcast the night of the Grammys, actually. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's Oscar talk. Yeah. So there you go. Yep. If you want more of MJ's opinions, uh, tweet at him. Yep. Because I know you probably got barraged with questions. I sure did. Yep. Yep. Sure did. So there you have it in a <laughs> nutshell. Uh, at MJ Smith 891 on the tweets. Yeah. If you want to hear my opinions. Um, we're oh. going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Yep. <laughs> Yes, we are. <laughs> and this week, we, like we said, we've done the uh, tried and true now. Uh, on, on assignment. assignment. 
And I am so excited to talk to you about your movie, so I think we're going to go with you first. Okay. Uh, I assigned you Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm so excited to hear what you had to say about it. <sighs> it is. It is just a joy. <sighs> I loved it. Like, I was... Just even, like, the build-up to, you know, when I was going to watch it, I just was so excited to to just sit down and put it in because I was just like, this movie just looks fun. It just looks, I don't know, like, it just has a charm about it. And, you know, the cast looks great and the whole premise of, like, it being done with stop motion, I was like, oh, that just is really cool. And so, yeah, from the minute we put it in, I was like, this is... It's kind of strange, but in, like, a lovable, charming way. And, man, I just kind of ate it up. It's so good. It is so good. Man, I, I just really loved it. Just, um, I think the actors do a great job. Just kind of, like, the weird, the weird like, kind of sense of humor that it has. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. And, oh, man, just, like, Mr. Fox's, like, relationships with, like, you know, his wife and, like, Kristoff and, like, oh, man, is this really, it's great. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and you're just, like, where are they gonna do? It gets so crazy. Like, where, where are they gonna do for, like, this next phase? And then it just, it just keeps on rolling. Yep. And, man, I loved it a lot. Yeah, it's such a, you know, it's, it's a movie about a fox having a midlife crisis and then performing a series of heists. Yes. Like, that does not sound like an animated movie at all to me. I love how you described it, though, because I was trying to, like, describe it to Hannah, and I used your exact verbiage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love this movie. Um, so what were some of your favorite things about this movie besides the everything? I, I really... I think it's really cool how they did all the stop motion stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you had mentioned, it's like they got the they got the characters to do some weird stuff, and so I could I was just sitting there watching it and taking it in, being like, "Wow, I can only imagine how long it took to film some scenes." Yeah, it's like oh, because you said like Wes Anderson kind of was going like kind of crazy near the end, just kind of like being so we have to finish this. Yeah, and yeah, I totally get that. So I thought the stop. The stop motion stuff was really cool. Um, it was just really funny. It had like a lot of like funny jokes and stuff. I loved like how he would um, talk to. Is it is it the badger that is his the partner? possum? The possum, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just loved a lot of the banter between him and Mister Fox, and like when they go and like still the different places. He's like, okay, so we're gonna have to do this, do this, do this, go over the fence, and then the possum's like, or we could just go in that door. <laughs> I really love when they give the beagle uh, the blueberries with the sleeping powder in yeah. it. Yeah. Because beagles love blueberries. It's, uh, it's just really great. Yeah. I, I just really loved it. It's like one of those movies we got done watching it, and I'm like, oh, I could watch that again. Like, yeah. you know, and I wanted to watch all the special features and everything. It's just like, oh, it's just... It is so. It had just such a charm about it. Oh man, I, I don't even know. It was just like really fun to watch it. Yeah, it was Clooney is so good. In yeah, this movie he too. is. I love George Clooney. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about no, him. No, I I love him too. Yeah, I will watch almost anything with that man. In he it. was like a perfect fit for Mr. Fox. Oh yeah, 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 because he's just like Danny Ocean. Yeah, basically. 
And like the soundtrack is great. Yeah, yeah, it is really good. That's another thing. You, thanks for reminding me. Like the music is really good in this movie. Yeah, it is. Like the um, like the one scene where um, he's like playing the song. It's like narrating like the whole. That's like my of... favorite song of the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. Just even that whole scene, and then like the the farmer guy comes up. He's like, "What do you do? Like, is it Bob or Petey? What? Petey? He's you like, wrote Petey. a bad song, yeah. Petey." <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so great. Oh, man. Yeah, gosh, I love that movie. And then the Bogus Bunsen Bean song. Yeah, is yeah, with the with the children in it, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. And, like, the Rolling Stones song when there's, like, a fight, like, Street Fighting Man at yeah. the end. Oh, so good. I love that weird, like, kind of, like, fight sequence with, like, the rat that's William Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah, that's really funny. The, with the, uh, where they get electrocuted? Yeah. That one? Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes. I love when he's dying and he's, like... All I wanted was a taste of that cider. And then yeah. the taste and they're like, how is it? And he's like, like liquid gold. And then, and then he dies. And then Mr. Fox is like, he's been redeemed, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what does that even mean? But it's so great. Or like, uh, when, uh, is it, is it Kristoff and his cousin are breaking in to, to steal the, to steal the tail back oh, for yeah. Mr. Fox? And he's like, I don't have a bandit hood, so I've modified this tube sock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Is this stuff like that? It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> The dialogue's super well written in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it super is. Super well written and super well delivered. Like, all the actors deliver it. Yeah. With the perfect tone, yeah. I feel like, which was important to get. I mean, even... Even, like, the way the kids interact is super great. Mm -hmm. And how did you feel about the swear words in this movie? I thought that was funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then the Badger uh, real estate agent, when he gets into it with Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. I loved any time Mr. Fox ate. Yeah. In the movie, he was just like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. It's such a a well-made movie. I I love it so much. It's really good. I could see how it's, like, in your top, your top like favorites yeah it might have like jumped up there for me too it was Gosh. like after watching it's like man that's really good it is so good ah oh, man I love it was that. one of those it's like like i said i finished it and i was like i'm ready to watch it again yeah and just like so many like big name actors in it mm-hmm. oh, man, really good cast and like the dialogue is so joke heavy yeah that you can watch it a few times and like pick up on stuff that you've never Yeah, I'm sure before. there's stuff that I miss. I mean, there was like some of the stuff I just said. It was just very like, what the heck? Like just so like left field, but it was like really funny. I'm sure if I go and watch it again, like, oh, I missed that one like the first time. Yeah. yeah. I like when the possum's like, I've had it with your double talk. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man, I love that movie. Or like when he's, uh, when they're down in the sewer and like Mr. Fox is giving like the motivational speech and he's giving all of the animals like their Latin names and it's like, you have these abilities. And then yeah. he gets to possum and he's just like, I don't think they had possums in Rome. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, what can I do? He's like, you can be available. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I say that all the time. I say, because uh, he talks about himself and he's like, Vulpus Vulpus. Yeah. And so I just call myself Vulpus Vulpus all the time. <laughs> I was super into this movie. Yeah. My text message tone for the longest time was the whistle with the clicking noise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, what? what is that? Your trademark? Yeah. And then Possum has a trademark at the end. Too. Yeah, he's like, like dance. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Is that your, your trademark? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. It's such a charming movie. And, like, just weird stuff where, like, Possum hands up his credit card and he's like, black card? How'd you get this? And he's like, 
I pay my bills on time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and like the endings is kind of absurd, but man. With them just... in the grocery store? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. And the letter dance song by the. Oh, man. Yeah. So good. Gosh, I love that movie. Was this your first introduction to Wes Anderson? Yes, it was. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so weird. That's a weird one to start off with. This is his, like, typical style. It's a lot more lighthearted. I guess there's a certain melancholy that hangs over yeah, the Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there is. He's kind of, like, you know, un, like, he's, like, displeased with his life and, like, kind of midlife crisis is. But, I mean, like, he kind of comes to terms with, like, my family is important and, like, my relationships and stuff. Right. It is, it's very different for him just because he usually makes adult R-rated comedies. Yeah. Like comedy dramas that are kind of tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Fantastic Mr. Fox, like, is just really twee and charming. Which yeah. He has a lot of that in his other movies, but this one, you know, it is still a PG-rated movie. So, yeah. you know, the swear words are replaced with the word cuss. Yeah. Um, what the cuss? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. And, you know, there, there's still, like, thematic things that are very Wes Anderson-y that mm-hmm. he fit. He fits into it, but it's it's very, like, for all ages. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of a weird one. It's the only one of his movies that's a lot like that. Um, I love the scene at the end when he meets the wolf. Oh, yeah. And it's just, like, respect. Like, the, yeah, <laughs> they put their paws in the air. Hannah and I were watching that, and she's like, what is happening? <laughs> I think it was just, and there's, a, like, a lot of debate about that what that wolf means in the greater context of the movie yeah and i think it's just he's so terrified of the wolf you know he's so afraid of wolves and at the end he's finally confronted with it and he's really seen that him and wolves are on the same page yeah and you know it's really like and it's not like super green pc yeah uh, yeah preachy like this mm-hmm. but it's kind of like man are the real enemy of like the and like we're all in this together as animals yeah and i don't think it's like really in your face about that i think it could also be you know not only does he fear the wolf he respects it obviously. Yeah. and so he kind of comes to terms with that he comes to terms with it and like the wolf respects him back you yes know? you're you're just as afraid they're just as afraid of you as you are of them yeah so there's like maybe a racial thing there or something so there's a few ways to read it i'm mm-hmm. just like oh yeah just be cool to everyone yeah yeah really like odd and hilarious yes and... it's like what the heck but i mean yeah some of the other themes in the film i i like them how he kind of comes to term with like family is important and mm-hmm. he kind of like restores the relationship with his son because for like the first half of the movie you just feel like really sad for his son it's like he just kind of treats him like crap yeah he's like dad watch me i'm an athlete (laughs) no you're not gosh man i love that movie so much it's a really good movie it's so good how many times have you seen that movie uh probably (laughs) 10 at least yeah i used to watch it a bunch at blockbuster whenever i got to pick a movie it was all i would always pick that yeah which means i didn't get to pick a movie very often (laughs) it's a weird movie yeah but oh gosh i love it I love it so much. I'm staring at the cover right now. Yeah. And I just want to watch it again. Well, you can. Yep. Oh, it's so worth it. It's really good. Yep. Uh, Oh, gosh. Just watch it if you haven't seen it, man. Yeah, go out and find Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's worth a watch. It should be on Hulu. Is it? It should be uh, because it does have a Criterion Collection Mm -hmm. release. Uh, I think all the Criterion movies are on Hulu. Oh, okay. So... 
Well, if you have Hulu, go look it up. It's really fun. Yeah, and it, it's only like an hour and twenty. Yeah, minutes. it's not even it's not even that long of a film, but it's just man. Yeah, did I Hannah get, like it? Yeah, she liked it. Okay, good. Yeah, it's very much. I can tell. It's like it feels like a labor of love. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and like it feels. I'm not super familiar with Roald Dahl, but it seems like mm-hmm. they really like tried to. Yeah. Uh, honor him in it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, if not, I, I really don't even know the plot of the book if it's the same or i went and looked it up it's like it seems like it's the same about halfway through and then they kind of like wes anderson adapted like an ending he just kind of made he made an ending got it but yeah i mean all the stuff of like him stealing from the farmers and he loses his tail but i don't think the supermarket sequences and the the kind of chase scene through Mm. the compound or whatever i don't think that happens in the book Oh. Yeah, with the rabid beagle. Yeah. Gosh, so good. Uh, I'll teach you karate <laughs> to break this lock. <laughs> There's uh, so many. Oh gosh, I love it. Yeah, so it's really good. Movie. Just uh, can we end the podcast there? I love that movie. Well, we could, but I want to hear your thoughts on uh, Saving Mr. Banks and Mary Poppins. Yeah, I got the raw end of the deal and ended up having to watch two movies this week. Yeah, they kind of go together. They do go together, so I was assigned Saving Mr. Banks and, uh, as a result, Mary Poppins, because I had seen neither of them. Yeah. And Saving Mr. Banks is the story about, talk to Walt Disney, about adapting her Mary Poppins books into the film Mary Poppins. Yep. And sort of the uh, hell she put them through yeah. to get to that point. Man. Uh, so Saving Mr. Banks is the one I watched first, so I'll talk about it first. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks is Walt Disney. Emma Thompson is P.L. Travers. And gosh, it is so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Super well acted. Um, super well put together. I think the cast is pitch perfect in this yeah. movie. Everyone is cast perfectly yeah. in this it's a, throughout the entire thing. Yeah, it's a really well-done cast. B.J. Novak and Jason Schwartzman as yeah, the Sherman Brothers. Yeah. I just want a Sherman Brothers movie. Yeah. Like, just those guys being the Sherman Brothers is... <laughs> oh, man, I would watch the crap out of that. Yeah. Um, Tom Hanks is just the most charming Walt Disney besides Walt Disney. Yeah. You know? Uh, Emma Thompson's great. She's just great in everything. Yeah. So no surprise there. And the story is like really good. Colin Farrell is so good in yeah, this movie. Yeah, he is. He plays he plays Peel Travers' uh, father, and mm-hmm. so the movie kind of cuts back and forth between 1961 with uh, Peel Travers coming to America and talking to Walt Disney, and yeah. then her uh, growing up and I guess turn of the century. Yeah, um, Australia. Yep. Which is like not too far removed, as far as I understand, from it being a prison island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's there's, I mean, and, and a lot of uh, Australia is still not very populated. Yeah, but they they end up moving to like this unpop or super unpopulated place, mm-hmm. and he works for the bank. Uh, her her father works for the bank, and he's got an addiction to alcohol. Yeah, and Colin Farrell playing that part is so good. And I liked it. It, it. it is a Disney movie, obviously. Disney yeah. not give anyone else the rights to show Walt no. Disney on screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was really thematically heavy. Yeah. Like for, I was kind of surprised that they got away with some of the stuff they did. Like, yeah. Colin Farrell drinks a lot 
in this movie. Yeah. And, like, they show the horrors of alcoholism, basically. Yeah, that's why, like, I, I mentioned in our before episode, there was some stuff that I was kind of surprised watching this movie that Disney would kind of let pass through their filter. Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't, um... It didn't really paint Disney. Disney. Yeah. It was just P.L. Travers' father. And so out of that, you see how the Mr. Banks character in Mary Poppins is born, why he's so dear, and why these characters are so dear to her, and why she's so protective of her intellectual property. Yeah. And so you kind of come to an understanding with her, because I was super not on her side. Yeah. (laughs) When this movie started, I was like, what the heck is up with this lady? Yeah. And then... (laughs) As it got further and further along, I was like, okay, I, I really understand where she's coming from now. And, like, I think the movie does a great job balancing between that. Yeah. And, like, knowing the perfect moment to really, like, rip the curtain off and reveal, like, why she's so protective of mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just a really, really well-acted movie. Um, I mean, right down to Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Oh, uh, Paul Giamatti's sweet in this movie. I know. He's so good. He's great. He'll... Uh, although Kristen did point out that he is Jiminy Cricket in this movie. And I was like, if they ever do a live-action Pinocchio, Paul Giamatti would be a perfect Jiminy Cricket. Well, now that you mention that, yeah, <laughs> I think he would. Yep. Um... <laughs> And there's so much, like, cool Disney attention to detail. Like, yeah. the production design in the movie is really good. It's something I've been talking about a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's something I've started to notice a lot more of. Uh, production design is basically what the sets look like. Yeah. Um, it's, it's you know, what what goes what goes into the set to kind of color in the world on the edges. You know, as you're watching a movie, you may not be actively paying attention to this, but you're taking that in, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why when you're like, some movies look kind of cheap. That's production design yeah. you're taking in. The production design in this movie is incredible. Yeah, it is. They, uh, when you first walk into Walt's office, he's got his wall of Oscars behind yeah. him and awards and stuff. And they have the, like I mentioned earlier, the special award he won for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It wasn't a Best Picture um, winner, but they gave him a special award for making the first full-length animated mm. film. Yeah. And so it's like this one big Oscar statue and then seven small ones. And so that's, like, in the movie. Yeah. And I thought that was great. That was such a great little touch. Um, there are a couple of other touches specifically with Disney. Yeah. Disney was a heavy smoker. Yeah. And Disney won't allow smoking in their movies, so he's always putting out a cigarette. Yeah. And so that's kind of how they got it. Or he's, like, coughing. Well, yeah. he died of lung disease. Yeah. And so, and very soon after this, I think it was, like, 66 or 68 or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sorry, Disney nerds. I don't care. Um, (laughs) But 66 or 68. And so the movie takes place in 61 and then at the tail end in 64. Yeah. So it wasn't too much longer after that he died. And so that, like, colors in his lungs are failing. Yeah. So I was like, man, way to, like, go all out with the detail on this. Yeah, I know. That, that, like, attention to detail is really... I really love that in this movie. Yeah. And there's just one scene... At the end, that's just a knockout. Uh, I think I know the one you're talking about. P.L. Travers does not give Walt Disney the rights to make Mary Poppins because he's going to animate some penguins, and so she leaves in a huff and goes back to England. (laughs) And then she gets a knock on her door, and there is Walt Disney standing in front of her. And he tells a story about his father and what storytelling means to him and what it means to him to be a storyteller. Yeah. And it is so good. Yeah, it is. Oh, gosh. That scene's so great. This is like Emma Thompson's movie, but, like, that's Tom Hanks' scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
and P.L. Travers insisted on recording all the uh, script writing sessions. Yeah. And they're available. <laughs> and I was informed that there are 39 hours of tape and Emma Thompson listened to every second of it. It does not surprise me. Nope. <laughs> and I texted you right after we watched it like, yeah. gosh, I really want to listen to those tapes. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they're super intense. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one of my favorite scenes of the movie is Robert. It's Richard and Robert Sherman, right? Yeah. Which one <clears throat> got shot? I think it was Robert. Yeah. Yeah. Is when Robert's just like, why does any of this matter? Like, he's just super fed up with her on, like, day yeah. two. And she, like, orders him out of the room. I thought BJ Novak was so good in that scene. Yeah. And, like, he's usually, I, I could take him or leave him, but he, yeah. I thought he was so good in this movie all the yeah. time. But that scene specifically, where he was just, like, completely over her bullcrap. Yeah, it's like, what the heck is wrong with you? Yeah. And then he walks out and she's like, what's wrong with him? Like, why does he limp or whatever? Oh, yeah, that's <clears> right. <throat> that's right. Um, and then the emotional payoff, like, you yeah. know, she comes around <clears throat> and sings Let's Go Fly a Kite with them, which reflects you know, Mr. Banks himself coming around at the end of Mary Poppins. Like, the parallelism there is really cool. Yeah. Um, and seeing, like, the foot tapping, which yeah. is an allusion to Mary Poppins in the Step in Time scene. Yeah. When they <laughs> cut to Mary Poppins tapping her foot along with the chimney sweeps doing their Step in Time dance. So there was, like, cool, like, nods to it. Yeah. But also, having not seen Mary Poppins and having mm -hmm. watched it first... I didn't necessarily need that information to really get that. Like, yeah. It still carried its own emotional weight with it mm -hmm. to begin with. However, the very, very last scene where they're all in the theater watching Mary Poppins together. Yeah. I probably could have done with a cursory knowledge of what Mary Poppins was about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because none of the emotion of that. Like when Mr. Banks <laughs> is leaving the the house to go get fired. Yeah. I They didn't really explain like what that scene was. They just showed, like, him walking away, and then P.L. Travers, like, bawling. Yeah. And I was like, well, something bad happened, but I'm not sure what. And it's on me for not watching the 50-year-old yeah. movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's okay. I hadn't seen Mary Poppins when I first saw Saving Mr. Banks. So, so. I'm not saying, like, hey, movie, explain this 52-year-old movie to me. Yeah. Um, it's probably my fault for having not grown up yeah. with it. But the scene where she's, like, bawling and... Tom Hanks leans over and he goes, it's all right, uh, Mrs. Travers. Mr. Banks is going to be all right. I was just like, oh, like that got yeah. me when he like that. So even that carried its own emotional weight, even though like what was happening on screen didn't really like on the screen they were watching didn't really matter to me yeah. because I didn't know what that meant. Um, so I did kind of appreciate it was kind of a pro and con for me as far as like I liked that I didn't have to know what Mary Poppins was about going mm -hmm. into it. And I also liked that they didn't explain it necessarily to me so that I could go and watch Mary Poppins and find out. Yeah. But also, it kind of would have been nice to have some context to it. So... Yeah, I still feel like the movie is strong enough, like, on its own merits yeah. that you, you understand, like, okay, her dad was a banker, Mr. Banks. Yes. The whole, like, you know... And so why that scene is, like, really important to her and the character is really important. Yeah, and it did show me, as we're transitioning into mm -hmm. talking about, say, Mr. Banks into Mary Poppins, Yeah, it showed me how little I did know about Mary Poppins because I always thought Dick Van Dyke was the dad in that movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's in every clip I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. So I had no idea that he was just like a guy yeah hanging out hanging out basically a stranger that just takes <laughs> these kids around <laughs> and hangs out with them <laughs> Ugh. 
One thing that is kind of like crossover between both of them, I really like the attention to detail and kind of like the storytelling of how the songs were made. Oh, yeah. And I mean, this kind of goes along into Mary Poppins. What do you think about that? Like being able to see <clears throat> like how, like the the different kind of like history behind all the songs. Like I really like that. Like the spoonful of sugar because she takes a spoonful <laughs> of sugar in her tea. Yeah. Um, every time she has it. And, you know, I even like the little touch of like, uh, spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yeah. Like, See, we go up on the word down. Yeah. And they were like super proud, proud of themselves. I thought that was really funny touch. Yeah. Um, to the point where when they were singing it in the movie, I was like, I just looked at Chris and I was like, see, they're going up on the word tab. Yeah. <laughs> um, or even like you said, when, when they're, uh, it's the opening scene and, the, and they're doing the chimney, like the chimney sweep song. Yeah. And they're doing like, uh, talking about the constable well, being responsible. responsible. And, uh, she's like, what? You can't just make up words that he just like hides supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's really great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, seeing that, and then the let's go fly a kite, like, mm-hmm. he fixes the kite, and, like, that, the impact that has on her yeah. is, is really, in, uh, uh, good, yeah. you know, to, to have that come full circle, and, yeah, I, I thought seeing, like, the way the music came about was really, uh, fascinating. Did you like all of, uh, Colin Farrell's, uh, stuff in, like, the intense scenes with him in the past, like, him being the dad, and... The one scene with the mom in the river. Okay. That one is... So, yeah. The scene where the mom yeah. tries to kill herself in the river, I was texting someone and I was like, I legit thought that they were about to show a woman drown herself yeah, that's... while her daughter watched on yeah, in that's, a Disney that's, movie. That's what I thought, too. We're sitting in the theater. I'm like, oh, crap. This is going to happen. Because up to that point, the movie's been showing me stuff in the past. I'm like, surely they're going to like stop it at some point. Like... I think you've already seen like when he's he gives a speech at the fair and he's, oh, super, he's drunk super drunk and yeah. so I'm just like they're not gonna stop we're going to see the mom die yeah I thought for sure that's where that was headed and I was like what <laughs> I can't believe this is happening in this movie yeah um yeah so I really like Saving Mr. Banks yeah it's really good uh Mary Poppins yeah I don't want to say on the other hand because <laughs> that seems like I hate the movie and here's the thing I don't hate the movie. I don't love this movie. The easiest way to lose listeners, right? Not now. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was talking. I was talking to people before we recorded. Just like, I don't want to come off like I hate this movie, but there are a lot of really strange decisions <laughs> in Mary Poppins. So, Mary Poppins is about two kids who are basically horrendous. Who have a uh, uncaring parents, which yep. is why they're horrendous. And this nanny comes into their life named Mary Poppins and she makes them a little less horrendous. Yeah. But still pretty horrendous at the end of yeah. the day. <laughs> um, so, and Julie Andrews plays Mary Poppins and yeah. she's great, you know, super lovable. Yeah. Um, and she sings a bunch of songs with them. Now, what I, I what I what we talked about earlier is they didn't really explain what Mary Poppins was about. Yeah. And that's because there's not much of a story yeah. to Mary Poppins. That's not a bad thing, necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's just not a lot going on. Yeah. And so I was expecting, like, a much more story-driven thing, and it's a much more vignette-driven thing. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, here are some scenes, 
and then there's like a loose plot that connects all of them that yeah. kind of resolves at the end. And so it was just like it was just a stringing along a bunch of musical numbers basically yeah. and i just was not prepared for that so this movie really like caught me off guard <laughs> so i don't know if that's did it help that like you had watched saving mr banks and even they have that line <clears throat> they have that line in there or they talk about i can't remember when she's like it's mary poppins <clears throat> oh, excuse me mary poppins doesn't come to save the kids she comes to save Mr. Banks, like knowing that, like going into Mary Poppins, did that help some? Were I you think like... it did help, but it takes so long for the plot to kick. In. Like it takes almost an hour and forty minutes for that plot to kick in. Yeah, and this is a long movie. <clears throat> it's two hours and twenty two minutes, which I was not expecting. <clears throat> and the thing is, none of it's necessarily bad. Yeah, it's just because of that, the pacing is really strange. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it takes its time. It's very deliberate. Um, you know, it's very British. Yeah. Which is interesting because Disney made it still. Um, but it's a very British feeling movie. There's a lot of British feeling stuff. Yeah. In it. And I, like, Mary Poppins isn't in it a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's basically the Dick Van Dyke talent hour. <laughs> uh, which, once again, not a bad thing. Dick Van Dyke is fantastic in this movie not according to pl travers with the exception <laughs> of his accent which laurie has referred to as being tantamount to an act of war <laughs> really yeah i mean he's just like oh yeah i'm british i yeah. am i am like it's so i was like i didn't know a british accent could be racist but it is <laughs> i love in saving mr banks when they're like she's like who are you thinking of getting to play it's like one of the greats man mr dick van dyke <laughs> she's like dick van dyke <laughs> the, she i think she calls him like the comedy person yeah. or something uh yeah <laughs> but i mean he's great in the movie. yeah he's yeah so talented he's so multi-talented yeah and He's like this cool bridge, like as far as his like comedic style, he's this cool bridge between like this vaudeville style into this sort of modern era of like, um, uh, like dialogue driven humor. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of, he kind of feels like, and this is a big gap to bridge. He kind of feels like the gap between the vaudeville guys and the silent film guys like Charlie Chaplin into Mm -hmm. the guys that are like Steve Martin. Yeah. That are still multi-talented, but they are not like a song and dance man. Yeah. Um, Steve Martin's kind of a song man because he plays the banjo and does yeah. bluegrass music, but he's not really a dance man. Though he gives it his all in Pennies from Heaven, oh. which is a musical starring Steve Martin. Oh. Um, and, and Dick Van Dyke, like, he sings, he dances, yeah, he he's, acts. He's, he's a really triple funny. threat. Oh, man, he's so good. He's so freaking <laughs> good in this movie. Yeah. And so that's what <laughs> makes it not that bad. Yeah. Uh, because the scenes that do basically go nowhere... Like, the scenes that are basically just Mary Poppins hanging out with kids and Dick Van Dyke are very driven by Dick Van Dyke, and you get to see his talents, and they're so good. Were you, I was going to say, were you super confused with the the penguin sequence? Yes. Because it's such a big deal in Saving Mr. Banks, so, like, when you were watching that, I'm sure you were like, penguins? What the... It's not even a major plot point. Yeah, I know. But yeah. she gets so hung up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like how she was like, oh, are you going to train some penguins? And then they like, come out and like serve them dinner. And I was like, how would you train those penguins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like watching him dance is so good. And like 
the step in time sequence is mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. It's so good. It was the first time I'd seen it like start to finish. Okay. It is forever. It's yeah. such a long scene. It's like, I feel like I'm going to pass out after watching it. Yeah. Like thinking about all the movement involved in, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, that was another thing we watched this week is we watched the 60th anniversary Disneyland special. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it or not. Mm-mm. Um, where, uh, Harrison Ford came out and announced the plans for Star Wars land. No, I did not. Yeah. It was sweet. But they did, like, a tribute to Disney, like, choreography and stuff. And yeah. they, uh, they had someone sing, some country music woman sing Part of Your World. Mm-hmm. And then Neo came out and sang Friend Like Me. And oh, it was wow. awesome. It was so I good. I bet that would be sweet. And then the guy who was hosting it, who's some, like, professional dance guy, came yeah. out with a bunch of other dancers and they did Step in Time. <laughs> and then... At the very end of the piece, they pointed to a door in one of the chimneys, and the door opened, and Dick Van Dyke was there. Oh yeah, I saw I saw like a the clip of that like the end of it someplace on social media. Yeah, and he like he came out and like did some of the choreography. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I was like, "You're 90," because Dick Van Dyke's 90. Yeah, and I was like, "Ah, ah, how are you? Yeah, you're." It's okay. You don't have to do that, Dick Van Dyke. It's not required of you. You're 90. You've earned a rest. You can just walk out here and we'll love you. Yeah. So I thought that was great. But yeah, so watching, like, I had watched that before I had watched Mary Poppins. Yeah. Also, uh, full disclosure, I had a very strange viewing experience with this movie in (laughs) that I ended up watching it in two sittings because I... Mary Poppins? Mary Poppins. Okay. Um, The first hour and, like, 35 minutes I watched... Um, I was going back and forth with a Donald Trump supporter on Facebook. <laughs> and then the second, uh, like 45 minutes I, I watched, I was, I had a 102 degree fever. Oh. So, uh, it was very, uh. Unpleasant. Yes. Um, but I don't think that necessarily hindered my enjoyment of the movie. I'd yeah. say it's a movie that I like, but I don't necessarily know if I want to watch again. Yeah. Uh, just cause it's so um methodical yeah we'll use that word i guess does kristen have like did she like it she has a history with it more than you a little bit um i do think she like realized that the kids are actually kind of crappy yeah even still (laughs) because like when they go to the bank and the kid like freaks out about the money yeah he like throws a tantrum and then there's a run on the bank yeah like he never gets punished for that and it's like uh no, no. Yeah. That kid was wrong. That doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, that stuff is kind of weird as an adult. But a, a couple other things that I really liked were... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one thing that was really strange was it ends with uh, the old man from the bank dying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, what a weird dark note to end on. Yeah. Like, he died laughing. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was really strange. But I really liked the scene where Mr. Banks goes and gets fired. Yeah. Once again, production design. Everything in that scene is red and black, mm-hmm. which are the two terms they use for yeah. money. Like, yep. if you're in debt, you're in the red. If you're not in debt... You're in the black. You're in the black. And I was like, what a cool touch! Like, yeah. everything in that little boardroom is red and black, and all they're wearing is black suits with red uh, roses in them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Um you know, like I said, Julie Andrews is also super talented. So yeah. Her songs are great. 
Um, the special effects are incredible in this movie. Yeah, especially for, like, when it came out. For 1964, like, all kinds yeah. of cool rotoscoping stuff going on when, like, rotoscoping was <laughs> super hard to do. It's hard to do now. It was way harder back then to do it. <laughs> um, rotoscoping is basically animating over the props. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the scene where she makes the staircase yeah, the... out of the smoke. They had a real staircase there, and then someone had to go in frame by frame and draw smoke-looking... Uh, staircase over it and so that's called rotoscoping Mm -hmm. and so that's like really uh really hard to do wow now on a computer let alone in 1962 yeah before whatever um yeah so like i think it got nominated or may have won best special yeah i think i think it did um yeah i yeah i just don't know i don't know if a kid would enjoy the movie necessarily (laughs) because like it it really is kind of all over the place like i feel like maybe kids just like fixate on the music they're like oh the chimney sweep song and oh the the spoonful of sugar song yeah and then, like step in time and they don't that's they... true a bunch of the songs got st- stuck in my head yeah like, i found myself it's, it's really good music the yeah. sherman brothers are geniuses yeah i mean even before i saw mr banks it's like i had like a fair amount of history with the songs like yeah. I knew all the major songs and mary poppins so. yeah um you know, and before we get out of the conversation completely, they have announced a sequel, reboot, remake, something of Mary Poppins. How do you feel about that? Uh, so I wasn't necessarily on board with it, because even before I had seen the movie, I was like, this is kind of a classic. I don't know why they're screwing around with that. Yeah. And then they announced Emily Blunt is going to be the new Mary Poppins, and I was like, hmm, that's pretty good casting. Yeah. And then, about a week later, they dropped the big bombshell on yeah. me, which is... <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be the male lead, which I can only assume means he's going to be the Dick Van Dyke character. Yeah. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is the man responsible for basically my favorite thing ever created by another human being, Hamilton. And I'm super on board with it and so stoked just because I want to see Lin-Manuel Miranda in movies. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee you he's going to write some of the music for it because the man's a genius. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I'm pretty stoked on New Mary Poppins just because, one, I don't have the nostalgia attached to it of growing up with it. Yeah. And two, freaking Lin-Manuel Moran is a good <laughs> man. Like, I feel like he's smart enough to not get involved with dumb things. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a mixed bag. I feel like I'm kind of like, we'll just have to wait and see because I know, like, they're super talented. And I think Emily Blunt's super talented. I think when I texted you, it was like, this could be interesting because the Sound of Music remake was oh, horrible. Yes. And Carrie Underwood is a very good singer, but just how that whole thing ended up panning out was not good. So, yeah. But so but I don't know if this is like a true like if it's a reboot or if it's a sequel, so it's kind of doing its old its own thing but like paying homage to Mary Poppins yeah. and like I think that would be fine. Yeah, but if you look at the music in Hamilton, like it's so diverse, like it covers yeah, uh, I, I I mean I know you probably haven't listened to a bunch of it, but he has. He, I think he has a good handle to. Yes, yeah. If they get Lin Manuel involved with the music, I'll feel really comfortable with it. Yeah, because I do think you know he mainly the main style of music in Hamilton is hip hop. Yeah, um, and rap, but. I think that's a really good idea for a new Mary Poppins. Like, that is the style of music mm-hmm. that's popular right now. So to have, like, a hip-hop Mary Poppins, it sounds pretty sweet to me. <laughs> or at least have, like, elements of that. Yeah. Know? Because the rest of the Hamilton soundtrack, like, 
King George does have a very, like, traditional Broadway-sounding song in it. Mm-hmm. And um, Thomas Jefferson in that, he has, like, a very uh, Ray Charles, like, R&B, yeah. soul-style song in it. So Lin-Manuel is comfortable in all kinds of genres yeah. of music. So, to I, uh, gosh, I just can't imagine why you would ha- hire that guy to be in the movie and not be involved with the music. And I think something like that, I mean, like Disney has shown, I feel like in the past like decade that they have kind of ventured on different things. I'm thinking particularly of like Princess and the Frog. It's very like not in the style of a lot. You know, it's a lot of jazz and kind of like... Zydeco. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, oh, that seems a little bit like out of their norm. And so I feel like this could be another one where it's like, yeah, they're just going to like push their boundaries of genres that they do. Yeah. And I think that could be sweet. Yeah. So I'm 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 hmm. on board just I mean, hmm. basically right now Lynn Manuel Miranda could be like I'm doing anything and I, I will yeah. follow him to it. I, <laughs> I just he's so talented, man. So that's I I don't know. That's how I feel about Mary Poppins too. Or yeah. new Mary Poppins or I don't know, Hamilton Poppins, whatever. <laughs> Hamilton Poppins. <laughs> I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> Oh, it's like Hamilton, but with Mary Poppins in it. Yeah, I'm down. Sweet. <laughs> well, I I think that is that kind of does that bring us full circle? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I'm just gonna start talking about yeah. Hamilton I know if we <laughs> if we go any longer. So this has become the Hamilton before and after the Hamilton show. hour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was NPR jokes. Um yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked it overall. Yeah, I did. I did. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just kind of sad. Saving Mr. Banks kind of got like just really overlooked when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a really good film. I mean, it's not like the best film ever, but I, I still think it's a pretty standout film. I think there were some award worthy performances in it. Yeah, not necessarily award winning, but award like recognition, like nomination. Yeah, I think yeah, they kind of got snubbed. Uh, Tom Hanks and Emma, Emma Thompson, Thompson. Yeah, got snubbed that year. Um, it was the year Man- Matthew McConaughey won for Dallas Buyers Club, so oh. like I still really think that it would have gone to him in it. Yeah, he's incredible in that movie, but I think Hanks definitely deserved a nomination. Yeah, for it. But you know, and and th- I was just listening to a podcast today that like Tom Hanks, he's so lovable. You yeah, know? but also he is a truly great actor. Yeah, he is. Like he's truly incredible. On top of that, you know, and that's why. <sighs> I feel like this movie, and I feel like Emma Thompson is, like, the great, like, female counterpart to that. I oh, just yeah. feel like she just melts into roles, and yeah. that's what Tom Hanks does. And so in this movie, it's like, I'm totally like, okay, you're P.L. Travers, and you're Walt Disney, and man. Let's it's, go. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not like, oh, it's Tom Hanks doing his Walt Disney impression. I'm just like, yeah. that's Walt. Like, I, I could go up and give him a hug, and yeah. I want to go to Disneyland with him. Yeah. Oh, man, that seems so good. Yeah. It's it's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> I uh, bet them. I bet the guys twenty dollars uh, that I couldn't get you on a ride. ride. <laughs> oh, Tom Hanks, man, so good. And then you see that like the carousel payoff in Mary Poppins because yeah. they go off the carousel. See, and... it's just stuff like that where it's just like that Disney attention to detail. It's yeah. like, it's like, oh yeah, it's just a scene to show him trying to like bond with her, but then it's also very like purposeful in another way. So yeah. it's like if you have knowledge of the film, you're like, oh okay. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was it's yeah. a good pair to watch together. Yeah, I am glad I did watch them together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, maybe I'll give Mary Poppins another shot once I have kids. And, like, yeah. I want to introduce them to that stuff. Because I don't want my kids to have an aversion to old movies. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to watch a bunch of Charlie Chaplin, and I'm sorry <laughs> if you have kids, but they are. Uh, you know, I don't want them to hate black and white. I don't yeah. want them to think, oh, it's old, therefore it sucks, because that's it's not It's like, the that case. is wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably show it to them at some point, just because... Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, it's by the It's kind of like quintessential musical yeah yeah and i mean it's gonna be like a 60 year old movie by the time i get around to show yeah. my kids because i don't have any right now yeah. so and by the time they're like old enough to like sit down and pay attention to it it'll yeah be, uh you know like a 60 year old movie yep um so yeah that's uh mary poppins saving mr banks and fantastic mr fox yeah man fun times it was i love that movie gosh it's so good fantastic can we just talk about Fantastic Mr. Fox every week? Maybe. <laughs> It'll be the new Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MJSmith891. Yep. And I am Corey Tyndall. Who am I? Corey Tyndall? Yeah. I'm Corey Tyndall at Cat in the Hat 49. And the show is at Before and After Pod. That's at Before, the letter N, After Pod. Yes, and uh, you can email us at the show, too, at beforeandaftershow at gmail.com. Um, so fun, like, little surprise sideburner news going on. We have uh, we have some things cooking in the oven, don't we, yes. MJ? Yes, we do. Be on the lookout for some pretty big news from the Before and After Show camp yeah. in the next month or so. Yeah, we kind of we'll roll it out incrementally, but yes. yeah, it's going to be sweet. Yeah, I'm, um, like pretty excited about yeah it. big things are happening and i'm 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 stoked yes so yeah uh until then subscribe on itunes subscribe on soundcloud like us on facebook mm-hmm. and until next week go watch fantastic mr fox yes we i agree to. or I cloverfield su- <laughs> i support this message <laughs>